For those who don't know me, my name is Ethan Johnson, and I'm 20. Like I said, I've been coming here to Dundonalem since my mum gave birth to me, really. Um, for 20 years, this has been family, and this has been home, and um, I've came up through 412, um, and it has been, and had the biggest influence in my life so far um, as a Christian, and to be able to still be part of that at 20 is just phenomenal, and to be able to serve these young people and do life with them and serve with them is just um, one of the greatest privileges ever. Um, and I just have um, something that God has put on my heart that I'd really love to share with you guys. I'm not going to be ages, I'm not going to be long, but I just have two points. And it comes from this title of One Week On. We are one week on from celebrating last Sunday. We're one week on from celebrating Jesus being raised to life. And I don't know if, if this Easter time feels maybe like a bit of a a holiday kind of period for you where it's exciting. We celebrate Palm Sunday and we celebrate uh, Good Friday and we celebrate Easter Sunday and it's all exciting and there's a build to it and it's great. But what about one week on? How do you feel one week on from all this happening? Because I want to remind you tonight that the Jesus that we celebrated last week is the same Jesus here one week on. He's the same Jesus that we carry for the rest of our lives. And so I want to look at what it looks like one week on for us to be standing with Jesus on this journey with Jesus. What does it look like one week on? And after Jesus was raised to life, he had this 40-day period um, where he um, walked the earth, but he had a few times he encountered and appeared to some um, people. And I want to look just at, not all of them, because we'd be here all night, but I just want to look at three times and three occasions that Jesus uh, encounters and reveals himself to some people and what we can learn from that today. But it got me thinking, what would that be like? Could you imagine if you were one of those friends? Could you imagine if you're one of those people that Jesus walked through this life with? Some of these people literally followed him with everything. Some of these people gave up everything to be with him. Some of these people were healed by Jesus. They seen him do incredible things. He was their best friend. And could you imagine what it would have been like that day that he was wrongly accused, you had to stand and watch him be beaten and tortured for something that he never done, but you just had to stand and watch. It would have seemed like all hope's gone. I'm sure some of these people even had family members and friends who maybe died, and it seems that that's just normal life when you die. You die and that's it. But I don't know about you, but I'm so happy that Jesus didn't come to do normal life. I'm happy that Jesus came to give life. Jesus came to change the way that we see things because he's greater. And so my first point tonight is he's personal. So turn to the person beside you and say, he's personal. And so we're going to look at John chapter 20, 11 to 18. I think it's going to be on the screen as well behind. And it said this, Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over and looked into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will get him. Jesus said, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. 
Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and to your God. Your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. One of the things that, that I really wanted us to grasp tonight is in these three occasions that we look at, these people don't realize or recognize Jesus. It's, it's almost until he does something they don't really see and grasp who he is. And, and Mary and Stephen, Pastor Stephen touched on it last Sunday, communion, and, and said how it was maybe just the trauma of everything that she'd been through and the heartbreak that she was feeling that she just didn't recognize him. But there was just this one moment that she then realized who it was, but she didn't realize it until he made it personal. It wasn't until Jesus made it personal to her that she realized who he was. And tonight I want to remind you that he is a personal God. He is not a God that stands at a distance. He's not a God that just watches from a distance unless you journey life. He is a God who is personal. He knows who you are. He knows your situation. He cares about you. And it was verse 16 that made her realize how personal it was. Colossians 1.21, it says, Once you were alienated from God, and you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. And I don't know, like I said earlier, maybe... This Easter time is a bit of a holiday period to you, and it's exciting, and it's and it's great, and it's 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 brilliant, and it's upbeat, and everything's good. But you're saying, but Ethan, this week is Easter's over. I, I go back to I go I go back to my job this week, Ethan. I I go back to uni this week. I go back to school this week, and everything's just just back to normal. Can I remind you that He is a personal God who knows your situation? He is a personal God who knows what this week is going to look like. You're right, I don't know what you're going to face. I don't know what it's like going back to a job that's maybe really hard to be a follower of Jesus. But can I remind you that He's a personal God who knows your circumstance, who knows your every need, and He will meet it. Another encounter that He has that shows me that He's a personal God is found in Luke 24, and it's going to be on the screen again, and it's 11 to 31, and it's these two people here on the road to Emmaus, and it says, now the same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing as you walk along? I, I was talking to mom earlier about how much I love that bit in that story where he, these are just walking along and they're kept from recognizing him. And Jesus just straight away meets them. And the first question is, what are you talking about as you're walking along? And I was like, we all have that one person in our lives that just has like no boundaries and just wants to know everything and they're super nosy. Um, and in our home and in our family, don't judge me, but it is me. Um, I'm that person mom and dad always say. And parents, can I give you a tip? Just something that I've learned as a child. Um, not parenthood, but as a child. Um, see, when you are talking, um, mom and dad always say they realize with this with me and they've learned this. Um, when you're talking, 
and I'm in a different room, if I can hear you talking, I don't really mind, but see the minute you start whispering or be quiet, that's when it gets exciting for me. Like that, that's when I want to know what's going on. And so mom and dad always say that they, um, they'll know I'm listening because at one minute I'm moving and as soon as I start whispering, I'll stop moving because um, that's when I really want to hear. Lauren actually bought me like one of those, um, it's like a glass thing that you put up the wall so you can hear it through into the other room. So it's great that family encourage you and being nosy. But in this, we see that Jesus straight away gets close to them. These guys have experienced probably one of the hardest times in their lives. The Jesus that they wanted and the Jesus that they were in love with and had walked and journeyed with had just died. And it was probably one of the hardest moments, but I love that he draws so close to them in that moment. And tonight I want to remind you that, yes, we can laugh and it's funny that we have a Jesus in this has no boundaries, but I want to encourage you and remind you that he is a personal God and he does not want you to keep him at a distance. He does not want you to have boundaries with him because he wants in on your situation. He wants in on the hard times you're going through. He wants in on the battles. He does not want to be kept at a distance. And verse 18, it continues on. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asks. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priest and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us, that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as woman had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village, to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went with them. And a part of this that I love is the bit where Jesus is going to continue on, but it takes them to invite him, and it says that they strongly urge him to stay. They strongly invite him to stay with them. And tonight, I'd said Jesus does not want you to keep him at a distance. Jesus wants to be involved in your life and the battles that you're going through and the struggles that you go through. Jesus does not want to be kept at a distance. He wants to be the one that you rely on. He wants to be the one that you hold close. He wants to be the one that restores your situation to bring hope into your situation, into your life. But he's not going to force himself in. He's not just going to throw himself at it but he wants to be invited in. And so tonight I want to encourage you and ask you, are you inviting him into your situation? Are you inviting him into the things you're going through to let him be a part of what it is that you have to go through? James 4 and 8 says, draw close to God and he will draw close to you. You see, we make the first move. I remember saying at 412 on a prayer meeting one time that we were encouraged because we knew that actually we can have as much of God as we want but we make the first move. It doesn't say, 
God will draw close to you and wait for you to respond. It says that we will draw close to God and then he will draw close to us. And so tonight, I wanna encourage you to make the move, to invite Jesus into your circumstance, to invite Jesus into your situation, to let him be a part of what you're doing because he does not wanna be kept at a distance because he is a personal God. One week on, I want us to remember as we go into this week that he is the same Jesus that rose from the dead that we celebrated last week than he is today. And he wants to be a part of your situation. He is a personal God who wants to be involved. You see, Jesus never intended that we would do this journey by ourselves because actually we're no match when it comes to the circumstances that life will throw. But see, when you throw Jesus into the equation of your circumstance, it changes everything and nothing is the same. And so tonight I want to encourage you to invite him in. These people didn't recognize in these two stories so far, they didn't recognize who Jesus was until he did something. But I want to ask you tonight, would you recognize who he is? Would you recognize tonight that he is a personal God? As you go into your circumstances, as you go into this week and all that life throws at you, would you always hold on to that he is a personal God who wants to draw close? He does not want to be kept at a distance, but wants to draw close. My second point is looking back to go forward. Looking back to go forward, I'm going to read from John uh, 21, 1 to 13. And it's going to be on the screen too. And it says, Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, Friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, Throw your net on the right-hand side of the boat, and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple, whom Jesus loved, said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. And just a side point that I, that I kind of wanted to make that, that God challenged me on as I was reading this. They, this was the third time, it goes on to say in the end of that chapter, this was the third time that Jesus had appeared to the disciples since um, he had risen. And yet they did not recognize his voice when he spoke. And tonight I want to ask and challenge you, and as a challenge to myself too, when was the last time you heard God's voice? When was the last time you heard his voice? Because they did not recognize it. Would you recognize it if Jesus was trying to speak into your life tonight? <coughs> would you recognize it if Jesus was trying to speak to you? And I would encourage you, spend time with Jesus. Spend time with God this week. Never get to a place where you end up not recognizing the voice of God, but always be in a place where you recognize it. And this story, they didn't recognize who he was until he did something. And it was John that realized who it was, but he hadn't realized who it was until Jesus did something. Because it's when he did something miraculous, John was able to say, what I've just seen Jesus do, I've seen him do before. What Jesus has just done, I've seen him do before. You see, John was there when Jesus turned the water into wine. John was there when Jesus healed the blind man who was blind from birth. John was there when Jesus was feeding and fed the 5,000. John was there when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. It's part of his testimony. 
He's seen Jesus do all this stuff. So the minute he's seen Jesus do something miraculous, he knew what I've just seen. I've seen him do that before, so it must be Jesus. Can I encourage you tonight that your life is a testimony of God's faithfulness? One of my favorite passages in the Bible, I remember sharing it with the 412 Life Groups. Shout out to the best 412 Life Group that there is, the older boys. Um, we, I shared it that it's one of my favorite things and parts of the Bible, and it's the story of David, and it's not the bit where he fights Goliath, but it's his reasoning and the bit that leads up to it. And he's just thrown himself under the bus and said, I'll fight Goliath, I'll do it. It's no problem, I don't mind doing it. And Saul replies to him and says, you're not able to go and fight this Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man, and he's been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he's defied the armies of the living God. You see, David didn't find his confidence in himself but David found his confidence in God's faithfulness. Would David have fought Goliath had he not have had to fight a lion and a bear? I don't think so. But David was able in that moment to look back on his life, see how faithful God's been, and allow that to push him forward into more of what God was calling him into. And tonight I want to remind you that you are no different. And we set off on this journey with Jesus and, and, and we start living out this journey and, and a, a battle comes and a storm comes and it stops us, but God's faithful and he gives us strength to go through. And so we keep going and we keep going until another one comes, but I'm not able to look back and see he was faithful then and he'll be faithful again now. And so I keep going and going. And time after time, I want to encourage you that your life is a living testimony of God's faithfulness. And in the times where it's tough and the times where it's hard, I want to encourage you to look back on your life and see how faithful that he has been and that he will continue to be faithful and allow that to push you in to more of what he is doing and what he is calling you to. But tonight, one week on, I want to remind you to look back and allow it to push you forward. I'm going to ask the band if they would jump up. You see, I always think that in this bit, he's faithful. And oh, I'm all over this. That we can look back and see the moments in our lives where he's faithful, that he has been faithful, and that he always will be faithful. And tonight, just as we close, I want to encourage you that we t I titled it One Week On because I want to encourage us one week on that the Jesus that we love and the Jesus that we celebrated last week is the same Jesus today. But he's not just the same Jesus just for today. He's the same Jesus forever. And so 50 years down the line, 30 years down the line, your whole lifetime, your whole journey that you have left, he will always be a faithful God. This is not just the one week on and it stops. You see, he is a faithful God, not just for a moment, not just for a season, but for a lifetime. He is a faithful God, not just for a season or a moment, but He is a faithful God for a lifetime. And so tonight I want to encourage you one week on that He is personal. He wants in in your situation. He wants to be the one that you rely on. He wants to be the one that you go to when it's hard. He wants to walk you through this. And also that He is faithful.
that you're able to look back in your life at all these times that God has pulled through when there seemed the way, yet He made a way when He pulled you through, that you're able to look back to allow that to push you into more. I wonder if you'd stand with me just as I pray. Father, we thank you for who you are. Father, we thank you that you are the same God yesterday, today, and forever. I thank you, God, that I'm able to know, God, that we as a church can know that you are personal, God, that you're not a God who watches from a distance. You're not a God who watches as we get on with life, but you're a God who wants to be in the midst of everything, God, who wants to fight for us, who wants us to rely on him, who wants to restore us, who wants to give us joy, hope, peace. And I pray, God, as we go into this week, God, and as we go in the rest of this journey with you, God, I pray we would always remember that you are personal, God, that we don't don't need to rely on anything else for you, God. Father, I I thank you that you're a faithful God. I thank you, God, that that over the years, God, that we're able to look back, God, and and see how you're faithful, to see the times where you made a way, to see the times you pulled us through where there seemed to be no way, God, and to push us in to more of you. And so, Father, I pray as we enter this week and enter all that you have, God, I pray would we hold on to this. In Jesus' name.